out tonight if we could. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of teenagers coming over to our house here in just a little while, so we're going to jump right into it. And uh, I don't know who did it, but someone uh, put uh, three pumpkin muffins on my desk. And if you remember last Sunday night, Brooklyn was going to bring me pump some pumpkin muffins, and um, we were going to get out early. Well, there were three on there this afternoon, and I'm trying to decide what that means, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I'll let you know how they were after the service, but whoever put them there, I haven't eaten a bite yet, but I appreciate that very much. Ephesians chapter 6, when you find it, let's go ahead and stand together, and we're going to look down to the end here, uh, picking up at about... Uh, I tell you what, let's pick up in verse number 18 for the sake of time. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 18. The Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the good singing tonight, the good spirit. Thank you for just a beautiful afternoon out there that, Lord, you've allowed us to come to church. And, Lord, help us never to overlook all the many blessings that you've bestowed upon us. Help us, Father, to thank you and praise you for your goodness toward us. Thank you for those, Lord, that are here in this building, those that are watching tonight. I just pray that you'd help us as we open your word, speak through it. I pray your Holy Spirit have his will and way in the service, that our hearts would be made and conform more to the image of Christ. Bless the many requests we have tonight, Lord, folks that are sick, folks that are away, uh, moms with new babies, Father, be with them tonight, we pray. And Lord, I just ask that you'd meet with us for us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Do appreciate Brother Tyler filling in tonight for Brother Zach. Uh, they're watching online tonight. He's at home with Miss Amanda uh, and new baby Isaiah William. I told our Sunday school class, so we have an Isaiah Williamson here, uh, and now we have a son that's Isaiah Williams. So we have I Isaiah Williams' son and a son that's Isaiah Williams. You pray for him and Miss Amanda and Brother Zach tonight as uh, he's looking after them. Uh, but let's jump into this tonight if we could. I want you to see something in the introduction that uh, I don't know that I've ever brought to attention uh, here in, in, uh, as we preach out of Ephesians 6. I want you to start in verse number 1 and begin looking at who he's talking to. Uh, he begins in verse 1 talking to children. Verse 1 and 2, he tells children to obey their parents and honor thy father and thy mother. I hate to tell you, kids, but this is New Testament just as well as Old Testament. Amen? Uh, then keep on reading down. Verse 4, he begins speaking to fathers. Verse 5, he begins speaking to servants. Speaks a little bit a while on that, and then he gets to masters in verse number 9. And then in verse number 10, he turns to a different audience. Now in verse 10, he says, finally, my brethren. And then it goes into a very famous passage we know very well on putting on the whole armor of God. It begins to tell us about the spiritual warfare that God says we are going to war in. I think we can see that more and more with each passing day as we live and breathe and serve here, even in the United States of America. But I want you to notice as he gets to the end of the armor, verse number 17, uh, he says, take the helmet of salvation, but then it begins a transition. He says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. That's the last command that he gives in this passage or right there in that section to the brethren that he began in verse number 10. But then in verse number 19, watch what he says. And for me, 
So he starts off with children, and he goes to fathers and servants and masters, and then he goes in verse 10 to the brethren that are there. Verse number 19, he turns the prayer to himself and for me. But in the middle of all of that, there's a small group of people that I want to focus in on here on a Sunday night. Sunday night, usually home folks, church folks, and I believe that's who he's speaking to down at the end of verse number 18. Watch the second half of verse number 18. He says, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So you notice that he begins talking to all of these different people, and then he addresses us directly as brethren. Verse 19, he says, for me, this is the prayer for him. But in the midst of all of that, he mentions just a few things for all saints, talking about God's people, talking about God's church. Now, folks, this is important. As we look at this passage of Scripture, oftentimes we focus in on the armor, which we should. Uh, We're to take all of that armor, and I don't think you have to look very far to realize you need every piece of it. If you're going to live and breathe and fulfill the will of God in 2023, you need every piece of armor that he said. And I promise you, the devil knows which pieces you don't have. Is my mic on? Are we good? All right, we on? I shouldn't sound like I was on there for a second. A few folks are already falling asleep, all right? I just wanted to make sure I was loud enough. You need every piece of armor. I assure you, Satan knows what you don't have, and he's going to shoot at you in the area of what, you're, what you lack and what you're missing. Now, a lot of times we think, I've got to do that. I've got to make sure that I'm armed and I'm ready to go into battle. That is true. But you notice the last part of verse number 18 shows us that that armor is not just a priority for ourselves. That that armor also has a priority beyond us. In the last part of verse 18, you see the Christian responsibility that we have to each other. Now, folks, this is important tonight. Uh, It's important that you take the helmet of salvation and the shield of faith and the belt of truth. Take all of that armor. You need that. You're going to have to go into battle, okay? You're going to need that for your own good. But boy, what an amazing thought tonight when we look at this to see that the armor is not just for my benefit. It's important that I get this armor so that when I go into battle, I'm able to safely and securely do the will of God. But notice, after we put on all of this armor, the Bible says I'm supposed to pray with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. But then, verse 18 turns and says we're to watch thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. Notice that, for the saints. For the saints. Listen, this is the army of God. I think we all sang the song probably in children's church, right? I'm in the Lord's army. I am not going to insult you by singing that tonight. Maybe Brother Tyler will do that as a closing chorus tonight. We can sing that together. But this is a battle, listen, not a solo battle. This is the army of God. And it's important tonight that you and I, yes, we take the armor. Yes, we get equipped. Yes, we know how to use the sword. Yes, we have the helmet of salvation. But not just for us. The Bible says there's others that we need to keep in mind, and we're going to focus in on that tonight with a very simple thought of safeguarding the saints, safeguarding the saints. Now, what does that mean? That means that you and I, yes, we look out for one another, and taking that armor is how you defend yourself, and we should look after ourselves, and we should make sure we're doing all that we can to take care of ourselves spiritually. But wait a minute. I have a responsibility to what? Verse 18. For all the saints, and there's three things. 
right in verse number 18 that the Bible says that you and I should be doing for one another as we are in this army of God together. I want to look at those three things tonight if we could in verse number 18. Look, we need to not only look after ourselves, but we've got to learn to look after one another. And verse 18 gives us three words that I think we need to apply in our spiritual battles on a day-to-day basis. Now, notice if you will the first one. The first part says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. That goes back to verse 17. That's back to the brethren. That's us personally. But then the next part of this verse is speaking about what we should do for one another. Watch what it says. And watching thereunto. The Bible says that you and I, once we get equipped with our armor, yes, we are to fight the battles that we fight. And Lord knows we all have them, right? Satan's going to come after every one of you in a little different way. That's why you better have all of the armor, have the sword, have the shield. You're going to need that. But after we get the armor, the Bible says, here's what we should do for one another. The Bible says, watching thereunto. Watching thereunto. Now, what is the Bible telling us there? Well, the word watch simply means to be aware. That as we are in this battle and we're fighting this battle and we're fighting the devil on so many fronts that not only are we fighting our battle, but we're also watching for all saints. Now, listen to me now. This is not to catch them, okay? You say, well, yeah, I'm going to watch them. You know, I'm going to watch Brother Sam. Brother Sam, stay awake tonight. Keep your brother awake and you keep him awake and you keep him awake. All right? They're going to, you watch them, okay? That's not what he's talking about. When he's talking about watching them, he's not saying let's watch one another to catch one another. He said let's watch one another to keep one another. That's what this is all about. That when we go into this battle, we've got the armor and we're fighting as best as we can. But in the meantime, that while we're fighting, we're also watching. That's why, number one tonight, safeguarding the saints requires this, an awareness for the saints. As we go into our battles... Can I tell you, and boy, I I am guilty of this all day long, it is easy to get caught up in our own battles that we don't look around and we neglect the battles that other people are in. Now, folks, this is something that's very easy to do because you feel like we're doing all that we can to fight the devil in our backyard, and now you want me to watch in my neighbor's backyard? That's what he said. He says, hey, you take the armor, you get the sword, you get the shield. He says, and you pray with supplication, but then in the meantime, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Can I tell you tonight, look, if you've ever been a Christian in a battle, you know it makes a difference when you know that somebody's aware of what's going on in your life. Doesn't it make a difference? I mean, hey, even just a little card or a little text to say, hey, I know you're going through it right now. I know your family is having turmoil or, hey, there's trouble with the kids or maybe you've got health diagnosis. I know you're in the battle right now, but I want you to know I'm aware of it. I'm praying for you, and I'm backing you up all the way. That's what watching means, being aware of what's going on in other people's backyard. Folks, look, we think the devil in our backyard's huge. There's some folks I know right now at this very hour that are facing giants in theirs. You know what a blessing it is to know? Somebody's watching out for them. Hey, I just want you to know I'm watching out for you. Hey, I want you to know that I, I, I know you're going through it. And I want you to know, hey, I'm fighting a battle too, and we're fighting together. Hey, that's what watching is all about. 
God's people have got to be aware of what's going on in other people's lives. I'm telling you, because uh, everybody's in a battle for something. Uh, just the other night, we were watching the news about Israel, and um, it's just amazing how, how uh, world events seem to be coming together even today, as I, I read a little bit about the news and what our president has said today. Uh, and my wife asked me about a good friend of ours who is, uh, is in the military, and uh, his deployments are, are um, special forces, so we never know where he's at. And uh, Leslie says, have you checked in on so-and-so in the last few days? I said, no, I, I haven't talked to him. And she says, you know, he, he could be involved in all this. We need to make sure we're praying for him. And uh, so I just shot him a message through Facebook Messenger. And a lot of times he's around the world, and he can't communicate with us until he gets to a place where he's allowed to do that. And uh, he texts me back, and I'll read you what he said. I put it in my notes tonight. He said, I'm in the Mediterranean. He says, pray for us. It's getting crazy over here. And it, Boy, my heart was convicted. Man, we get so focused on what's going on in our backyard, we forget other folks and the battles that they're facing, very real battles. That's why he says here, watch, verse number 18, he says, watch, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. The word watch right there simply means this, watch, being sleepless and attentive. Sleepless and attentive. You know, the Bible says it was while men slept that the enemy came in and so tears among the wheat. It was while men slept. I believe the reason we see so many spiritual casualties is because we're not watching, we're sleeping. We're sleeping. There's people that are going through things tonight, folks. Uh, I mean, there's folks who are fighting demons. They've been fighting for years in their life. There's folks that are fighting battles tonight. They don't think they're going to win. And sometimes we get so consumed with what we've got going on in our life, we neglect to watch and be aware for all saints. There's people going through stuff tonight, folks. That's why James 5 says, be sober and be vigilant. Be sober and be vigilant. Why? Because our adversary, the devil, he's still out there. You know the devil hasn't gotten old. <clears throat> you know, we're thinking, well, when this was written over 2,000 years ago, you know, the devil's probably, he's a lion that's lost all of his teeth, you know? No, he's not. He's alive and well, and he's hungry. And he's preying upon young people, families, churches, homes, you name it. He's preying on all of those. And how sad, folks, look, I'm not, uh, somebody asked me in the office a while ago, what did you preach on tonight? I said, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I, look, I really am. I'm trying to be nice tonight. But, folks, there's people suffering tonight. There's families suffering tonight. Young people suffering tonight. And listen, I know we got stuff going on in our life, in our church, in our nation, but there's people out there who need us to watch and to be aware of what's going on in their life. You may be the one that makes a difference. Just letting them know, hey, I want you to know I'm aware. You're going through a trial, I want you to know, I'm here for you. That's why he said that right here at the end. After we get our armor, he says, be sure you're watching out for everybody else as well. There's a phrase I don't use a lot, uh, and I'm not calling you old if you use it, but I used to hear a lot of old timers use it, okay? So not an insult, but uh, not something I hear every day anymore. The old phrase, an ounce of prevention is worth a... Found a cure. Now you've just aged yourself, okay? I, not me, you did, all right? That was said by Benjamin Franklin in 1736. In 1736, he was speaking to the city of Philadelphia because back then most of the structures were wood structures. Uh, and as we see in the Chicago fire, there was great risk for fire. And so he speaks to them and he says, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. What he was saying was basically this, preventing fires is a lot easier than fighting them. 
preventing fires is a lot easier than fighting them. Can I tell you tonight, that would go a long way with churches too. That would go a long way for Christians. That would go a long way in our families if we were just in the midst of our fight and our battles, if we're watching for one another and we're willing to come to them and say, hey, I want you to know I'm watching, I know what you're going through, and I'm here for you. You know what we're doing? We're preventing so much trouble by just being aware and doing what God said we ought to be doing to begin with, watching thereunto. Amazing, we read the Old Testament. How many times does the Bible say they set a watch? All right, our young people, <laughs> no, he didn't mean set one of these, all right? Got to dial that thing in. I just don't get it. What are they setting watches for in the Bible all the time? Well, sundials, you know, they got to keep them dialed in, right? Uh, no, they took that guy and they set him up there on the wall. Do you know what they were asking of that man? Hey, would you be aware? Would you be aware? Hey, would you mind taking upon the responsibility of getting up on that wall? There's people in this city, and they've got to go about their normal life and do their thing, but we need somebody who's willing to take upon the responsibility to get up here on this wall and, and be aware of what's going on. And then you let us know when, when something's coming our way. Would you be a watch? Folks, tonight, I believe that's what we need more than anything. We don't have walls anymore, but the battle's still there. The fight's still there. People are still struggling. Homes are under attack. Young people are under attack. Hey, why don't you be the Christian soldier that God says we need to be? That soldier who's not just fighting his battles, but he's watching out for others who are in the battle too. You say, well, I don't know how you can fight your own battle and watch out for other people. Well, I believe if you'll just take this up by obedience to the word of God, God will give you grace to be able to do it. I don't believe God commands us to do something we can't do. If God says that I'm supposed to take up the armor and I'm supposed to fight a good fight and do all to stand and that I'm also supposed to watch out for you, I'm just assuming that I can do it because God called me to do it. So you're a pastor. No, folks, the Bible says here, this is for the brethren and the cistern, all right? Somebody said the other day, why don't we call people brother, brother, but we don't call our ladies sisters. I don't know that our ladies want to be called sisters, all right? So we'll just stick with the brethren. The Bible says in verse number 10, finally, my brethren. This is a command to the church, the army of God. What did he say? He said, I want you to learn how to watch. Now, I have a picture. I don't know if it's going to be very clear because I, I robbed it off of line right before we came out a moment ago. Uh, did you ever see this picture growing up? You guys got that back there, Brother Ravi? It's a picture that I saw in our community. You ever see that? I mean, what a sketchy-looking guy there, you know? Uh, I don't know why they can't make these signs with normal-looking people. I mean, even the kids that play signs that are out there, they just, I don't know where they come up with the design, but he definitely looked sketchy. And these signs were all up around the communities uh, years and years ago. I don't know if they still do that anymore. Neighborhood watch. Neighborhood watch. You know what that meant? That meant for all the people who had bad intentions in that neighborhood to let them know the neighbors are looking out for each other. You know, we ought to have those in churches. We ought to have those in churches. This is a neighborhood watch. Hey, devil, I want you to know, and that's probably what the devil looks like, sketchy, just like that. That's probably, he probably wears a fedora just like that, with shifty eyes, just like that. Hey, he ought to know. He ought to know you're a member of the neighborhood watch. He ought to know that, hey, you're going to look out for everybody else who's in a fight. He ought to know that. He ought to know that, hey, as soon as you see them in a battle, you're going to rush over there to them and be a blessing to them. Why? Because we belong to the same neighborhood. Now, can I tell you, we belong to something better than a neighborhood? We belong to a church, a church, the church of the living God, the, the pillar and the ground of truth. Can I tell you something tonight? Do you know how you keep it? 
by learning, number one, we've got to be aware for one another. We've got to learn to watch. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4, the Bible says, look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That means I can't get so consumed with my own things. And isn't that easy? Isn't it easy to get consumed with our, look, not just good things, I'm bad things. The Bible says, look on the things of others. It doesn't mean don't take personal responsibility. Here's what it means. Be aware, all right? Be aware. The Good Samaritan, we know the story. What a shame. It was the religious people, the Levite and the priest, who were not aware. They just passed by on the other side. You know what they said? They said, you know, I, I see it, but, you know, I've got my own things to do. I don't know where they were headed or where they were going. Being a Levite and a priest, I bet you they were going to a preacher's conference. I just feel like they were. I don't have time for that. I've got to go to the preacher's conference, you know. Sort of Lord conference is coming up. I've got to go. Can I tell you something tonight? That Samaritan was aware. And that Samaritan, not only was he aware, he said, I can't let that guy die in the ditch. Do you know when we're not aware of other people's needs in our, within our sphere of influence, we might as well be saying, I'm going to let you die in the ditch. Pass buying on the other side. Number one tonight, safeguarding the saints. What do we got to learn to do? We got to learn to watch. Be aware for the saints. But then watch quickly. Verse 18. The Bible says, watching thereunto with something. Now, wait a minute. So there's something else he wants us to do for all the saints. Watching thereunto with all perseverance for the saints. Now, you know me, I love progressions in Scripture. I love it when you can see steps because I'm simple-minded, as many of you know. And as we walk through these steps, it's easy just to add step one, step two, step three. He says, all right, number one, I want you to watch be aware of what's going on. But then I want you to do something with that watch, watching thereunto with all perseverance. Now, that word itself, perseverance, right there, tells us safeguarding is not easy, is it? Perseverance is a scary word by itself. doesn't matter what you're persevering in, it's hard. All right? Persevering in exercise, hard. All right? Persevering at the dinner table. Hey, long enough, it's going to be hard. Persevering in anything is not going to be easy. But the Bible says that I'm supposed to watch and persevere for the saints. What does that mean? That means safeguarding the saints requires the second thing, which is endurance for the saints. Number one, we've got to watch or be aware for the saints. Number two, let's require or have some endurance for the saints. Now, folks, I know this well. Enduring is not going to be accidental. Enduring is not going to be accidental. What does that mean? That means you know somebody that's going through a battle and you know somebody who is in a fight, and you've been watching, and you're aware. Now, it's one thing. It's one thing to watch for them. But it's another thing to keep watch. How many times do we hear in, in Scripture, they kept the watch? They kept the watch. Folks, listen, it's easy to be aware of what's going on. Right now, uh, Brother Ron Ballard in the hospital, uh, get, he got moved over today, right? Got moved, still there. Brother Ron's in the hospital. It's easy to be aware of that. It's easy to be aware of Brother Green that's been in the hospital over there. It's easy to be aware of Miss Amanda who had a baby and is at home. And It's easy to have that on our mind and have a watch, but can I tell you what happens over time? We don't keep watch. We don't keep watch. What does that mean? We don't persevere in our awareness of the needs that they have. You know, sometimes in order for us to be what they need us to be, we're going to have to endure with them. With them. What does that mean? Well, we found this out years ago. Uh, Mom and dad, well, my grandpa really, 
uh, years ago, started working hurricanes, helping folks out there, and then mom and dad work hurricanes, and uh, as a kid, we'd go with them, and then uh, now, uh, several years ago, the, the flood hit Baton Rouge, and Leslie and Miley and I, we loaded up and went down to Baton Rouge to help out some folks whose house was flooded out. Here's what we found. Within week one of a flood, a natural disaster, a tornado, or a hurricane, you have hundreds of people who show up, and thank God for them. Thank God for that. That's good. But by week two, folks have to go home. They only have so many days of vacation. And by week three and by week four, folks are not there. And by week five, those folks are all alone again. A lot of times that's the way it is when we have spiritual disasters. We set a watch and we're aware of the need that's there. But over time, we don't do what verse 18 says. We don't persevere. And we don't have perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Give an example. Turn with me to your right real quickly uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want you to look down. I want to show you one of my heroes. I used this verse on Brother Thatch's funeral. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I think every time I say this man's name, I probably butcher it. And he'll probably tell me about it when we get to heaven, but look at verse 16. The Lord give mercy unto the house of Onesiphorus. If I said it wrong, I apologize, Mr. Onesiphorus. Now watch what Paul says. For he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. Here's Paul. The burden that he carries of ministry and all that he's gone through. Here's this guy who refreshed him and was not ashamed of what he was going through. Verse 17, but when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. Do you know what Mr. Onesiphorus is doing? He's enduring with Paul. He's enduring with him. He says, Paul, I, I know you have this adversity, this difficulty, this persecution, the weight of the burden of the calling that God's given to you. He said, I'm not ashamed of your chain. And he sought him out diligently. Oh, what a friend. What a friend who not only was aware of what he was going through, but says, watch this, I'm going to endure with you. Oh, what a blessing. Now, it's easy to start that. But boy, keeping that watch is hard. My wife, uh, when she started uh, doing this keto thing that I joke about a lot, uh, I said, well, I'm going to do it with you. Good grief, man. What can I eat and what can I not eat? She says, no pasta. I said, done. It's over. No bread. No sugar. I'm thinking to myself, well, no wonder we're going to lose weight. We're going to die. We're going to shrivel up. If we're not eating pasta and bread and sugar, what are we eating? You know? She said, we can eat cheese and meat. I said, all right, we'll do that. We'll be all right. Man, I ate a lot of cheese and a lot of meat in those first few weeks. I hate to tell you this, but that's a journey she's on, on her own now. <laughs> she does great with it. Man, whew. Man, I, I want a loaf of bread. I want to go to Loblolly over there. They've got these cinnamon twists from France. They're about that long. and $2.50. Man, it's a good deal. And I want to eat all of that. You see, enduring with people. That are going through something, it's not easy. How many at the Garden of Gethsemane stuck around with Jesus? Not many. 
They couldn't endure with him. They couldn't persevere. Yes, they were aware, but they weren't persevering. Can I tell you tonight, I think it'd help us all if we learned to endure with people for a little while. When I was a youth pastor, I remember telling many teenagers, um, sometimes in order to fight for them, I had to fight with them. If you've got a teenager, you probably know that very well. They don't realize you're fighting for them, and they're fighting against you. But boy, if you love them, you're going to fight with them so that you can fight for them. You know what that is? That's persevering for all the saints. Very frightening passage in Ecclesiastes 4. Let me give it to you before I give you the last one. Ecclesiastes 4.9, we know this well. We often use it at weddings. The Bible says two are better than one. The Bible says they have a good reward. But listen to the next part. The Bible says if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falls. Man, I'm going to tell you, I thank God for the people who I look back, I look back as a 15-year-old preacher, and man, I'm sure, you're talking about, you think it's cringeworthy now. I look back at some of the things I preached, I'm thinking, boy, it was cringeworthy then. Man, I look back as a new pastor going to a church, thinking he had it figured out, and learning real quick, he didn't. And man, going through troubles and trials, I thank God for people that endured with me. I thank God for that. People that were willing to persevere. You say, well, were you perfect? Absolutely not. Still not, in case you had not figured that out. Watching there and too with all perseverance. Can I tell you, there have been times where I have fallen. Thank God I was not alone. People think, hey, there have been friends of mine who have fallen. Some fallen far, far. Now, I'll be honest, some that it wasn't popular to go pick up. Because we live in a cancel culture, even in church. I've got friends right now that are in prison that used to be preachers. And it's not a very popular thing to be their friend right now. But my Bible says, but woe to him that is alone. I promise you the people that I know who have fallen have not fallen further than I was as a sinner when Jesus did not leave me alone and picked me up. Folks, can I tell you tonight, we've got to learn how to persevere with people. But we're going to have folks come to our church sometimes who may not look like you, think like you, act like you. But I'll tell you, Jesus died for them just like he died for you. And we're going to have to work through their problems like we had to work through my problems and like he had to work through your problems. But we've got to learn to do what a good soldier does. Watching, be aware. Number two, persevering. That means we stick with one another. We lift up each other. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, the Bible says, Paul says, I will gladly spend and be spent for you, though more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul, I'm working on that one. Have you ever tried to help someone, and as you try to help them, they fight you? Let, let me go down on a non-human area, Okay. I don't know how many times we've had cats and dogs and all kind of little animals around our property. They get stuck in this or stuck in that, stuck underneath the shed, and you go under there to get them out from underneath the shed, and you're trying to pull their arms, and they're biting you. You're like, dummy, I'm trying to get you out, and you're biting me. Can I tell you? What I wanted to say was, fine, die under the shed, and my bleeding heart mother 
he's going to get an excavator out to get them out, man, and dig them out, and they're going to be her, her, uh, her little dogs forever. Sometimes it's hard to persevere, to endure with people. But Paul says, I'll gladly spend and be spent for you, though more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. Paul says, I am willing to be that soldier even when it hurts. What is he saying? I'll persevere for you. I'm going to persevere for you. Finally, look down if you will. The Bible says, watching thereunto with all perseverance. And one more thing. He said, I want you to watch, be aware. Number two, I want you to persevere. That means endure with people. Endure with them. There are times I'll, I'll be at a hospital and people are going through something that I can't help with. I can't help with cancer. And I can't, I can't fix the marriage sometimes. I can't change the young person sometimes. Can I tell you what means a lot? Just endure with them. I want you to know you're not alone in this. I'm enduring with you. You're not going to scare me off. I'm going to persevere. Why? Because we're all fighting this thing together. That's what every army of God needs, people that will watch, that will persevere. Finally, the Bible says, and supplication for all saints. Boy, he crammed a lot in half a verse for us, didn't he? With all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, once again, watch the progression. Number one, be aware all right? doesn't take a whole lot to be aware. Hey, what's going on in their life? Matter of fact, we have a wonderful prayer list in here. You can look and be aware of what's going on in people's lives. Number two, we get to the place where we persevere, endure with people. Hey, I want you to know, I know you are in the hospital last week. I'm calling to check on you this week. How are you doing? I'm going to stick with you until the need passes. But then there's one more thing. Supplication. It goes one step further. Supplication is where now you are intervening on their behalf in prayer before God. All right? Number three, if we are going to safeguard the saints, we've got to have an intervention or intervene for the saints. Intervention for the saints. Now, I want you to think about this. That's a word we don't use in our, in our, our vernacular very often unless we're talking about spiritual things. But here's what it means to prayerfully intervene on someone's behalf. That I am aware of your need, I'm going to be here for your need, and I'm going to go to God on your behalf. That's what supplication is. It means I'm recognizing the need in your life, and I know you're in a busy uh, battle right now, so I'm going to go to God for you. That's what supplication is. Thank God. Now listen, it's not just I'm going to pray a prayer and it's done. No, it means I am beseeching God on your behalf. Now, here's something that I'm bad at and something I'm good at. There's a difference tonight in recognizing voids and responding to them. All right? It's one thing to be aware of a void in somebody's life. It's another thing to respond to the void in their life. Sometimes, can I tell you folks, they need us to respond in prayer as we did Wednesday night. To go to God on their behalf. The word supplication, I, I love the, the word in Latin. Let me give it to you. I'll spell it to you. S-U-P-P-L-I-C-A-R-E. The word supplication in Latin is two words. Supply and care brought into one word. Supplicare. Supplication means, watch this, that I care about the need in your life so much I mean to go to God on your behalf so that the need would be supplied. That's what supplication is. 
That's how we safeguard each other. That's how we watch each other's backs. That we go to God on their behalf and say, God, they're in the midst of a fight right now. Uh, Their defenses may be low right now. So God, I'm coming to you on their behalf because they have a void, they have a need in their life. And I'm begging you, God, would you step in for them? That's what supplication does. It's so easy for us to have a weak, deluded prayer life when everything in our life is good. We do. But man, if we just get our eyes over on somebody else, we just watch them. Lord, they're in a battle. You never know. I promise you, you never know what's going through people's hearts and minds and lives. The question marks that are there. That's why it's important. We do what a good soldier is going to do. We watch. We persevere. And the Bible says, with supplication for all saints. Luke chapter 7, that's what the centurion did. The Bible says he had a servant that he loved. The Bible says he cared for him. What did he do? He went to Jesus on the servant's behalf. Supplication. Supplication. Boy, here's this need. Here's this void. Jesus, would you, would you do something for him? Would you step in for him? You know, I love the, the story of the woman who had the issue of blood. And the Bible says that she went and took the hem of the garment of Christ. Can I give you a little, a little visual of what it means to pray with supplication for someone? When you pray with supplication for someone, it's when you go take the hymn for them. Go take the hymn for them. Uh, horrible illustration, but I think you'll get the point. When I was a kid, I think I've told you this before, we had an electric fence around our, our garden. And you know electric fences, it's not a big charger that's going to knock you down, but it'll give you a little bit of a jolt and a little bit of a tickle when you grab it. And so me and my brother and sister would take turns. We'd be out there around the, the fence, and we'd get near the other, and we'd grab hold of the wire and then grab hold of them. They'd catch it. The guy on the end always gets it worse. Okay, It flows through you, and it stops on them. So my dad taught us that trick, by the way. Uh, we'd go and grab the wire uh, and, then, and then grab one another. I mean, it, just, it was bad. You ought to be willing to do that for a child of God and the power of God. Why don't you go grab hold of the hem for them? You hold on to them with this hand, and you grab hold of the hem of his garment for them. And hey, why don't let the power go toward them? Instead of me just going to God, God, I need this, God, I need that. God, would you do this? God, would you do that? Would you say, God, there is this family who has a need tonight. And Father, I don't know if their prayer life is where it needs to be. So God, I'm coming to you on their behalf. And I'm asking you, would you intervene on their behalf? God, would you do that? That's what a good soldier will do. By the way, can I tell you why this is so important? This is important because we're all in the same army. There is no army of one around here. The old phrase, we're only as strong as our weakest link. Can I tell you tonight, every person in this room, every person who's a part and a member of this local body of believers, number one, we need all of them, but number two, look, they're fighting the same enemy we're fighting. And if they go down, guess what? Your load just doubles. We've got to have everybody in the fight. But until we learn to safeguard one another through watching, being aware, through perseverance, enduring with them, endure with them. Don't quit on folks who have needs. Don't give up on people who are going through a tough time. Finally, supplication. Be willing tonight to seek out God on their behalf. Say, God, there's a need, there's a void. Uh, Father, I'm just asking you on their behalf, Lord, would you step in? Would you step in? George Mueller, one of my heroes, was a man who knew how to pray. He had five conditions for prevailing prayer. I want to give them to you right quick. The first was a dependence on Christ. The second was separation from sin. 
The third was faith in God's promises. The fourth was asking according to his will. But number five is what I want you to hear. Number five was importunity. Importunity. We find that in Luke chapter number 11. It means a relentless beseeching for intervention. Relentlessly beseeching intervention. Sometimes I believe we may get one through four pretty good. But I'm afraid we give up by the time it gets to number five. Importunity is supplication. God, I'm coming to you again. There are times, I'll admit to you, and I'm ashamed to say this, uh, there are some people we've been praying for for years now. Years. Our family prays for every night. As I lead my family in prayer, I will be honest, there are times as I call out these names, doubt begins to try to creep into my heart. But I've been praying five, six, seven years for this person. But boy, if you go back and read the book of Luke, remember the friend who came and asked him for the three loaves of bread. He knocked on the door and says, hey, I need three loaves of bread. Number one, if you try that at my house, I don't have three loaves of bread. You know, bread's not keto. No. If you come knocking on my door at 3 a.m. asking for three loaves of bread, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll talk to you through the ring doorbell. Go away. The Bible says the gentleman is laying there and is not wanting to get up. The family's already in. Eventually, the Bible says that he relented and gave him what he asked for. Why? The Bible says because of his importunity. He just kept knocking. Just kept knocking. That's what supplication does. Can I tell you, I don't know who tonight you know who has a need. I don't know. There's people you know that I don't know. But whoever you know tonight that has a need, avoid Understand, they're in this battle, they're fighting. Maybe, number one, we need to start being just more aware of it. Be aware of it. Look around and see needs. Number two, why don't you come alongside of them and endure with them? Endure with them. Go and say, hey, I, look, I know there is nothing I can do about your cancer. But I want you to know I'm going to pray for you every day. Hey, can I get you a sandwich? You want some flour? Hey, maybe just go drop them a note by the hospital. Let them know they're not alone. Loneliness is one of the most dangerous, dangerous places to be as a soldier. That's when the enemy comes and picks you off. Let them know you're not alone. I'm with you. I'm going to persevere with you. I'm aware of it. I'm going to endure it with you. And then watch. I'm going to offer up supplications to God. I'm going to go to God on your behalf. Have you ever been to a place where you felt like you couldn't pray? Anybody. I have been to a place where you were so low you didn't want to pray. Thank God for people who could. Thank God for the supplications of God's people who recognized they were aware, they endured with you, and they brought the need before God. Folks, tonight, let's safeguard the saints. Let's safeguard the saints. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Let's stand together. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed.